I see you. One warrior knows another. I wish I was as brave as you. You are my daughter. I am Mulan. Disney's Mulan, rated PG-13. Bonus episode. There's already like seven million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good at toss it, good at take it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, clean, erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Pushovers, pop culture. Hello and welcome to a bonus episode where we're going to be talking about the new movie Mulan. This one was supposed to come out in theaters and instead it is a Disney premiere where you had to purchase it for 30 bucks. Jake, it has been confirmed in December that it's going to come out now. On Disney oh, Plus. Oh, for real? For free, yeah. I just read an update on one of the sites. Because at first it was like, they posted it, I guess, uh, and then they pulled it. And now I guess, um, I think it was Cinema Blend or Collider or somebody has updated their article saying, yeah, it's, it's confirmed to come out in December on Disney Plus now. Ah, December 4th. December 4th. We will be spoiling plot points on this one later in the re- in the review. Uh, but you, I will give you the, uh, the official spoiler warning at that time. Uh, this episode, we are not alone, Jake. We are joined by June. Welcome, June. Hi. I'm so, so excited to talk about this with you guys. Absolutely. Not only do we have June, but we're also joined by the gentle giant, Michael Winkler. <laughs> hey, what's going on, guys? What's up? Did, did, did I embarrass you there? Did I make you blush, buddy? <laughs> Uh, well, you've seen me. I'm always blushing. <laughs> you are. <laughs> I just have like a red hue all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think you need more iron in your diet or something, man. <laughs> you you, you kind of look sickly, man. I don't know. <laughs> Get a multivitamin in your system, okay, buddy? Don't worry about okay. you. I'll all add right? it to my cart. <laughs> there you go. Add it to your cart. Amazon that shit, man. I'll send it to you. All right. Yeah, so we will be getting into spoilers. I'll give you the warning. Synopsis for this one. When the emperor of China issues a decree that one man per family must serve in the imperial army to defend the country from northern invaders, uh, Hua Mulan, the eldest daughter. Is it Hua? Did I say that right? No, it's Hua. Hua. It's Hua. Hua Mulan. I knew I said it wrong when I said it. That's why I asked if I said it right. You corrected me. Thank you. Hua Mulan. You're welcome. <laughs> you sounded like Al Pacino from Cinnabon. Hua. <laughs> <laughs> I sounded like, I sounded like Al Pacino in the Marines. Hua. I don't know. <laughs> the, uh, the eldest daughter of an honored warrior steps in to take the place of her ailing father, masquerading as a man. I, I almost said Hua again. Hua Jun is uh, she is tested every step of the way and must harness her inner strength and embrace her true potential. It is an epic journey that will transform her into an honored warrior and earn her the respect of a grateful nation and a proud father. The film stars uh, 
Lu Yifei. I'm probably going to say all these names wrong, and I, I apologize. And the title role, alongside Donnie Yen, Jason Scott Lee, Yo San An, Gang Lee, and Jet Lee in supporting roles. It is directed by Nikki Caro, screenplay by Rick Jaffa, Amanda Silver, Lauren Hynek, and Elizabeth Martin. And, uh, yeah, this one's supposed to be a theatrical release. Um, I am upset that it was not kind of like a Bill and Ted kind of thing where we were given the option. And I, and I talked to a theater owner and other theater owners are very pissed off at Disney right now for this decision. Oh, I'm sure. That's a yeah, there's lots of, of videos cash. of them destroying Mulan merchandise. I've seen a, a few different videos of theater owners like destroying the uh, like the cardboard prop advertisements. Oh, and the have. posters and like the posters and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's a lot of cash that they're missing out on. It's a lot of cash that they're missing out. D- Disney usually takes a little bit more of a uh, of a cut though than the theater owners in their releases as opposed to other studios. But still, they know that they're going to... It's Disney, so they know that a lot of people are going to show up to watch this one. And I don't know. We'll discuss and we'll rate this one before we get into full spoilers, but I really feel like this movie would have benefited from a theatrical release, for at at least for me. No, it it would have. And actually, so, I mean, the $30 price point... So when... when they announced they were going to release this on Disney Plus, but then you'd be paying, but you ha- you'd actually have to get the premium access. You're paying thirty bucks for the movie. I had this plan in my head. So we just moved to a new apartment complex. One of the amenities is a home movie theater. Like you can go in um, and you can watch DVDs or everything. They have a big projector and like a big screen, and it's really cool because they do have like four rows of like theater seats. Mm-hmm. Like it is like a little movie. So, it, so I, I was like, oh shit, I'm gonna like, you can plug your computer in to the projector. So like I had this plan for weeks. I'm like, yes, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna get my computer. I'm gonna buy the $30, but I'm gonna have a somewhat theater experience. I'm gonna go use this nice little amenity from my apartment complex. And I spent an hour last night in there, could not get, Ugh. it just could not get it to work. I was so disappointed. And I just ended up after an hour of fiddling with the equipment in there. I just said, fuck it. And I just came out to my apartment, but I was so looking forward to like, like I had my popcorn popped. Like I was all excited. Like I was getting ready to be like, Oh my God, I'm going to sit in this like kind of mini theater and watch this movie on a big screen. And yeah. it didn't happen. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. I would have loved uh, my, my, uh, my brother-in-law built like a, a home theater and stuff like that. I would, I should have asked him, should, can I watch it there? But I didn't. That would have been, that would have been fucking incredible. But we are going to be jumping into our uh, non-spoiler thoughts and then ratings on this one. And I'll start with um, our rating system. If you are not familiar, the rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. going to start with uh, Michael Winkler. You watched this one today. What did you think about Mulan? Yeah, so uh, as far as Mulan goes, I'd put it atop the original. I'd put it atop my favorite Disney movies and soundtracks of all time. And um, I was uh, a little disappointed with the direction this one took to be um, a little more uh, realistic 
and uh, a little less of a musical and more of a uh, like a naturalistic kind of war like saga kind of movie. Um, but I think in doing that, it kind of lost like I don't know, like it lost its kind of effect on me. Um, although like they did kind of steer away from those points, they did focus a lot on the visuals, which I appreciated a lot. Um, I really liked the set designs, the costume designs, the fight choreography. I think a lot of that was done like really well. And, um, I don't know. I just thought it looked very authentic and a couple of, uh, like side characters that we'll get to in spoilers were missing. And, um, I was kind of bummed about that, but visually there were like a lot of good things. Like I said about the fight scenes and stuff like that, but I noticed a lot of, um, subpar like CGI and green screen, even at moments too, which kind of took it away for me. But, um, overall, I mean, I enjoyed the watch. It was a good movie, but it didn't have that Disney flair that a Disney movie usually has for me. And, um, I don't know. It just kind of lacked that, um, charm that the original kind of was bursting with at the seams for me. Okay. I, I'll jump in next. Um, I've, I'll be honest with you. I've never seen the animated one. So I can't really speak to that. So this is like my <laughs> first, like, there, there is a gap, Jake, in some of my Disney animated movies because of my teenage years or something. I don't know. I just okay. was, like this teenager that was like not watching Disney movies. I think like I had to be forced to watch Toy Story. So, you know, everybody was raving about it and I had somebody saying, you got to watch it. And so I went over and they're like, you're going to watch this. So I had to watch it. But there was, there was just some of these Disney movies, Disney Pixar, Disney movies that I just had not seen. And this is one of them. Um, and so I've never seen the animated movie. This is my first kind of like introduction to, um, this character and this story. And so, um, I, I liked it, but I didn't love it. I'll give it a, I'll give it a high taste it. Um, I thought the action was fantastic. I, I think I really wanted to see kind of like more of, more of her, like they kept speaking to her chi and like how amazing her chi was. I guess I just wanted to see more of her just kind of like excelling and being awesome in this. I, I wanted to see more like, amazing martial arts from her. What we did get to see was really cool, but like, I guess I just wanted more. I wanted more. I wanted more. Um, not to the point where the character felt like what they would call a Mary Sue or people, you know, kind of like, you know, basically say, Oh, she's a Mary Sue. But like, you know, we know that this character has been trained all her life and been training all her life. And I just wanted to see a little bit more like some amazing martial arts action and stuff like that. A little bit more, you know, crouching tiger, hidden dragon in this one than we really got. And, but overall, I, I liked it. We'll unpack it a little bit more in spoilers, but I'll give it a high taste. It, Jake, what did you think? I'm going to give it a low taste. It. I was kind of disappointed by this. Um, it wasn't terrible, but I was expecting a lot more. Um, I agree with a lot of the stuff that Michael Winkler said. Um, the production was second to none. I thought it was one of the most beautiful high death 
looking movies I've ever seen. Um, I don't know. It, the pacing of it was weird to me. I, I thought it was about 20 to 30 minutes, maybe too long. I thought the, uh, the final battle was laughably bad in how that went down. Um, I thought some of the best stuff was when she first got to the training camp. Uh, those were easily my favorite scenes of the whole movie. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, it's not, I'm not too upset that they didn't include things from the cartoon. That's not really my beef with it. I just thought it lacked some of the emotion that I was, that I was expecting to come from it. I, I don't know. I, I want to see it again and kind of just kind of examine it a bit more. I, I just couldn't put my finger on exactly why it didn't thrill me, but I, I was mostly bored during this movie. I got more like emotionally emotional watching the trailer for this one in the theater. And I feel like I agree with that. And I kept thinking to myself, like, you know, like, would this have really benefited from the theatrical experience? Like, did Disney kind of like shoot themselves in the foot here? Number one, by announcing that this is going to be on Disney plus in three months. And I'm thinking a lot of people are going to wait on this one. Um, I I agree with what Winkler said in that, like, it was almost a detriment to the movie that it looks so crisp because you really could see a lot of the faulty green screen stuff mm. when it was happening. Like it was almost just more in your face because of just how kind of crisp and beautiful all the rest of the movie was. So scenes like that really were kind of glaring and took me out of the movie. June, what did you think about Mulan? So I had a, I had high expectations for this movie. Um, I love the 98 animated film. That is one of my top Disney animated films of all time because, and it, it holds a very special place in my heart because as, you know, an Asian American, we didn't have any representation in Disney films. Like I grew up watching white Disney princesses basically. And this came out when I was in high school. And I remember like being very wist, like wishing that I had gotten that movie when I was a kid. Cause I would have loved as like to be like a little girl watching this movie and feeling like I'm included with, you know, this Disney universe. Cause I always felt outside of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember like I, I never dressed up as like Cinderella or Snow White or Sleeping Beauty because it didn't feel right. Cause I didn't look like them. And so. Mulan was just so like when that when that movie came out in '98, I just remember being so excited for it because I was like, oh my god, like a Disney film where I can see myself in that. Like I like that looks like me. Yeah. And so I just it was, and the fact that like, you suddenly have Disney toys, you know, that you know that little like Asian girls can be like, look, it's like me, and like it, it just and then you feel included. Um. You know, in the pop culture, it, it was it was really awesome at the time. Um, I I will give the this movie the the one we just watched. Uh, I will give it a high taste. It I thought it was beautifully done. I thought it was a gorgeous film, beautifully done. Um, the one thing I will say is that I do not think it is a live action remake of the '98 film. In fact, I think that's a misnomer to characterize it that way because it's not. It, it's it's very much not a live action remake. It's, it's just it's a completely separate movie, and I think it's a detriment to the movie to call it that, because you have people who love the animated film so much, and because it is so different, um, I think that has put some people off. 
So, uh, but I have not watched the anime movie in a long time. I would say for people who haven't seen um, this, uh, the new one that's on Disney Plus, I would actually recommend not watching the animated one in preparation. Mm. Because I think, because then your mind is going to be, because from what I, from what I've heard from people is that your mind kind of gets distracted, like you're thinking about the animated movie, and you're thinking about all the stuff that's different, and all the stuff that you loved in the animated movie, and the fact that it's like not in this live action version. Al- so. Aladdin was. Did you watch Aladdin? No. I thought Aladdin was so much fun. I I really liked Aladdin quite a bit. I really liked it a lot. Right, but see, I think that, like, that one and, like, the Beauty and Beast and Lion King, I mean, those are live action remakes of the animated versions on which they're based. I feel like this, this is not that, though. Why do you think that they went that route with it being less fantastical well, because, as the cartoon? Uh, but I think it's because Mulan, I mean, the legend of Mulan, I mean, it's been around for centuries and there's so many takes on it. And, um, you know, they have the original ballad. It's, mm. it's a poem. And so I kind of feel like you, you should, the way I think you should look at it is the animated version. Like that went one way with the legend. This one decided to just go another way with the legend. So would you guys recommend, is the, is the animated movie on Disney plus? Is, is it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Would you recommend yeah. that I watch it now? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah. Because I mean, like, yeah, this movie. That, I guess that you said it came out in '98, so I would have I would have been 20, and I just that uh, you know I was more into like watching at that time, watching kind of like other things, and not really watching a lot of the Disney stuff or anything like that coming out. See, I I wasn't either, but the, the reason why, but that got me back into watching Disney movies though, because it was like finally this yeah. is a movie about Asian people, and I was like, okay. This is interesting and new. I'm going to go watch another Disney. I'm going to go watch a Disney movie. I haven't done that in five years. Absolutely. I was like, I, I was excited for this one. Um, because I, the trailers kind of like blew me away. The musical score that we got in the trailer and just like how I just, I feel like the, the trailer was way more epic, had a way more of an epic feeling than what we really got here in this movie. Like where did that kind of, fall apart like why are we not giving this a tupperware at the end of the day like what happened here with this movie does anybody know like what this movie i mean we can talk about the cg and stuff like that but is is even if they got that right would 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 it affect the emotional impact that i felt like there was a lack of that i felt like the trailer gave me in the theater i I don't know. Like if, if I would have saw this in the theater, maybe this would have been a better experience, but I still feel like the trailer portrayed like more of an emotional impact for me, like of this, of this girl, like the way that they kind of set that trailer up where, you know, the father is like holding the sword and his hands shaky and, and, um, Mm. like her stepping up for her family and, and doing this. It was, it was like, um, I got more of like a, like, more of an emotional impact through like the musical score that they used in that trailer. And then, and then the clips that they showed, I just think as like a, as a whole watching this movie, I didn't get the same kind of like feeling that I even got just from the trailer. I just didn't, it just didn't hit me. The impact didn't hit me emotionally the way that I thought the trailer portrayed. It was going to hit me. 
I think that's so interesting, Brian, because you have having not seen the um, animated version. So the you know what actually what they do take from the animated version. Um, this is not a musical, but the score, like they're basically they're make they have they made like instrumental versions of the songs they sing in the animated movie, and that's the score. So in the trailer, the music that's playing, that's an orchestral version, a very, very kind of grandiose orchestral version of the song Reflection, which is the song that Mulan sings in the animated version. And so it's funny, though, that you say that you have such a, like an emotional, I guess, connection to the trailer, like that kind of brought out this sort of like emotional sense in you. Yeah. I know for me, watching the animated film, like hearing the music, hearing this orchestral version of that song over the scenes in the trailer like it was because i'm like oh my god that's the song from the animated movie and so i think that's interesting because you haven't seen the original well the song it it, the orchestral uh, version of that song or whatever like when i'm hearing it in the trailer it it sounded so like epic like Mm -hmm. this is an yeah like this is an epic tale and like you know like and so when I watched the movie, they, they really only played that like once or twice, I felt like, and it just didn't hit me as hard as it did throughout playing like all these little clips and stuff like that from the movie. And, and, um, I don't, I don't know. It just, I really was, I was really hoping for more of an emotional impact in this movie. I didn't really care if I, if it, I, I'm sure that the animated version has like its comedy and I didn't really care about that in this one. I mean, I didn't really have to like laugh or anything like that. I guess get that stuff out of the beginning, you know, with her as a kid and stuff like that, chasing the chicken and stuff. Um, oh yeah, let's, let me play the, okay, spoilers from here on out. Spoilers, I guess. I mean, have we jumped into spoilers really? Um, I feel like <laughs> <laughs> spoilers from here on out. Here's your spoiler <laughs> warning. But, um, like when she's chasing the chicken at the beginning and stuff like that, get your comedy out at the beginning. But this is like, it is more of a serious, take on this i just i don't know did anybody get the emotional impact did anybody feel the emotional impact in the trailer and then you felt like it was lacking in the actual final version i well, agree um, with that oh sorry oh i agree with that 100 percent uh the trailer had, i was so excited for this movie and i got it like i agree with you i didn't need it to have all the comic relief in the cartoon i kind of liked the vibe of making it more serious and telling this tale. And I feel like that was in some ways like false promises. Like, like I said, I thought the movie was 20 to 30 minutes too long. I thought you could ditch all the Phoenix stuff and be fine without it. I thought you could tone down the cheese stuff and be fine without it. Like they, the trailer made it seem so serious, but then they added all this bullshit, fantastical stuff that was really unneeded. Like, and, kind of a detriment to the character and like being like one with the character when you introduce all this just fantastical nonsense to the story that really like other than the the villainous character i i didn't think any of it was needed yeah like um well like following up when you said like an emotional reaction. I agree with the trailer. Like, I agree with you guys that the trailer got me like, you know, it, you know, got me feeling something. I was excited for this. And like I said, I understood that a lot of the original wouldn't translate to live action. Like obviously a talking dragon and a fun little cricket and all that wouldn't translate. But, um, like Jake just mentioned the Phoenix, like they could have viewed if they were going to put the Phoenix in, 
they could have utilized it more rather than just treating it as a needle on a compass, like leading Mulan on her way. You know what I mean? I just feel like there were so many missed opportunities. And uh, like Jake was saying earlier about the training scene, which was probably my favorite part of the movie, because that's a part where Mulan's actually like, you know, getting down to it, getting to the nitty gritty, doing what she has to do. And there's some development there. And what I was most upset about, like I said earlier, were the, like, you know, no songs in it, which, you know, I can get to a degree. But in the original, a lot of the songs had to do with, like, very vital parts of the movie where she, like, developed substantially in those scenes. So, for instance. Character development. Char- yeah, right. the songs, the, the, the animated movie used the songs for character development. Exactly. And like, for instance, when um, she decided she was going to stand in for her father in the animated, she had a whole song. She kind of just like said to herself, like, I'm going to do this and like got herself pumped up. And in this one, it's kind of swept under the rug and it's a 10 second clip of her just taking the armor and leaving. And it's like, (laughs) I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's just upsetting to me a little bit. It didn't, some of the things that didn't make sense to me in like the whole like training, their basic training or whatever that they were going through with, you know, Donnie Yen's character and things like that is like the fact that she, her chi wasn't 100% balanced because she's lying to herself. Like they have like their credo or whatever, like the, the you know, the three things, you know, that, 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 that they believe in and, and she wasn't being the truth like that. She wasn't blaming herself, but she was still able to do outperform the guys and do the things and, and, and climb up the mountain with the, with the, the buckets of water, even though her chi wasn't kind of like a hundred percent balanced because of the lying, you know, oh, see, I didn't take, see, I didn't interpret it that way. So the whole thing with the chi and I really kind of, I did like this, um, but because this is Disney, you know, they kind of, they'll touch on, you know, certain issues and then they'll sort of gloss over it. I mean, there very much was like men versus women. And I thought that the whole thing with the chi is that men can have very powerful chi and you can use your chi and it's, it's okay. A woman does it and she's a witch. So what I thought the whole time, because you see her in the beginning and the mother is like, you need to control her and everything. And then the father has to talk with her about, you got to control it. And so I thought the whole thing of, with the chi at the train, you know, at when she's at boot camp, essentially, uh, Donnie Yen is basically saying you okay. have very powerful chi but because he thinks that she's a, she's a man. He's like, why are you holding back? And, uh, because she had been suppressing it for so long because women aren't supposed to be able to have powerful chi or use it. And I, I so got it was in that moment. So I think it was like in that moment, she was like, okay, fine. I'm just gonna, you know, everyone thinks I'm a man. I'm not going to be condemned for it. Fuck it. And then she just unleashed it and then was like, I'm going to kick everyone's ass. No, I got, okay. I understand what you're saying completely. And they, and the movie did portray that well, that she was holding back on that because that's the way she had been taught her entire life because she was a woman. But yeah. now that she's there, she's in a warrior's, in a warrior's world where that is, that is looked upon as a, a a wonderful thing. That's that's something to be proud of. That a warrior's you know having your chi, uh, a warrior's chi or whatever, be balanced and, and be that talented. But then on the flip side, we get like her interactions with the witch and saying like you can't be at a hundred percent. 
until you're truthful. And I feel like she's just accomplished so much throughout her training without being truthful that it kind of, I don't know. It just, am I making sense? It wasn't enough. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But but I think it was like that last bit though, right? Like so she and Leisha, but it was just it, it was she really still even as awesome as she was in boot camp, she still wasn't at her hundred percent because yeah. it was like that one last thing of like and you know what I'll say, like I, I did think that was stupid when she and Gong Lee's character you know, after she's exiled and then, um, she runs into Gongli's character. And then that's when she decides, I'm going to be, I'm going to be my, I'm going to be a woman and I'm going to go out there. I'm going to save China. And okay, I get that. Like you're going to embrace your womanhood and you're going to shout it out, you know, from the rooftops. But then as she's like running back to the battle, she takes off her armor and stuff. And I'm like, bitch, you're going to, battle like why are you taking that off like you wasn't that, that was that her family armor or was that the armor that they yeah provide? it was her family armor yeah. and i'm like because she tells her dad at the end she's like oh yeah i lost your sword and the armor but i'm like bitch <laughs> you need that to protect her you don't, i don't care like you even if you're a woman you still need that and then she takes her helmet off and then her hair is all flying everywhere and i'm like you you can really like that's going to give you blind spots. Like you're not going to be like your peripheral vision is fucked at that point. Like I don't, like, I don't know what you're thinking. Like this is not like this is not how you go into battle. I like, that did bother me. I, I, was like, that was so, I just thought it was stupid. I literally said that out loud as I was watching the movie. I was like, so she's coming back into battle without the helmet on, <laughs> and I felt like it was just kind of like a way to kind of like portray like her feminine her femininity. With her, with her hair being kind of like exposed and stuff like that. But I was like, on the flip side, like, she's supposed to be a warrior. I don't, I felt like it was just, it was just used as being symbolic at that point. Yeah, I know, I, I get that. But yes. then it's like, like you have the initial scene, you're like, wow, okay, she's like, woo, she's doing it. And then, like, then she gets the battle and you're like, oh, that was probably dumb. Like, you probably need some of that protective stuff. <laughs> right, right. No, yeah. The whole last half hour was so bad. Like, oh, yeah. and they expel her, and then she basically just comes back, and they're like, ah, fuck it. Why don't you just leave the army now? Like, I it, I just felt no emotion in that turn with, like, with like any of the characters. It, it was so terrible to me. I, I did. I, I agree, Jake. And the whole thing of, like, when she, com- she comes back, and um, Donnie Yen's character still, like, doesn't believe her, and then... You know, her boy crush stands up and he's like, well, you know, you'd believe, um, Hua Jun. Why not Hua Mulan? And then each member of like her battalion, they all each stand and they go, you know, I believe Hua Mulan. I believe, you know what I thought in my head was that South Park episode where the, um, the one with like the dam that stand breaks and it floods the city. And like at the end, everyone's like, I broke the dam. No, I broke the dam. <laughs> Yeah, it was like Army of Darkness too. Like when when everyone finally <laughs> decides to like go ahead and team up with Bruce Campbell, like ah, you have my sword, and just, there's like no emotion to the turn whatsoever. When she when she went from Wad June, when she was like the the male character that she was portraying mm-hmm. Wad June, and she came back, I went, I said out loud, I called her Wad Gina. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! It's amazing. Oh, I hated the final battle too. I thought it was so bad. Like it just 
I could not like suspend my disbelief. Like she's hanging on that like girder or whatever it is that's swinging around. It's like just kill her, bad guy. But no, instead of that, I'm gonna jump on the like narrow girder with her. <laughs> it's like what the fuck are you doing? Like cut that thing down and have her fall, which is exactly what she does to him when he gets I, on there. Yeah. He was Ugh. very like he was not a very compelling. In fact, uh, oh, Gauntley's terrible villain. I thought was was so like Gauntley's character. I actually what I thought that it was gonna turn out she was gonna ultimately be the villain. Like she was like. I didn't, I actually didn't expect the turn that she made, which I thought was nice, you know, like, woo, women put together, but I, I was thinking they were going the direction of like, she was going to be the ultimate baddie in the end. I did yeah, like, yeah, I, I wanted that, I wanted that witch battle, and then it ended up, like you guys talked about, with just her taking off all her armor and running back into battle. I was like, I want like a really sick, like, witch battle right here. I did like the I did like the stunts that the black riders were doing when they were flipping around on the horses and stuff and and, and oh that was cool that was yeah. cool and then I also liked the 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 whole visual of uh, when um, when they are fighting like the initial battle when they were all putting up their shields to deflect the birds and uh, they were sending out like they were sending out those flaming rocks. You know, from like that, uh, it's not a cannonball. It's what, what are those things called? I know what you're talking about, but the, the name, I'm drawing a blank too. Slingshot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weapon. There's a trebuchet with like oil balls. Fiery there you go. Balls. There, there you go. Thank you, Winkler. Yeah. When, when, when it was hitting, the, when it was hitting the group with the shields, the first time, <laughs> It hit. I was just like, "Holy fuck! Holy shit! That was that was pretty fucking cool. That was pretty fucking yeah. cool." Yeah, it definitely um, exceeded how violent I thought it was going to be for a Disney movie. Like, I was surprised at the level of like people getting killed that was happening yeah. on screen. I kind of ex- expected them to uh, wash over that a little bit more. Like, one thing I hate about the Narnia movies is. Anytime they like have war, it looks like some fucking Hallmark card version of war. And I thought this movie did a pretty good <laughs> job of like, it actually felt gritty. Like it, it's, it was still disnified and, you know, not bloody by any means whatsoever, but it didn't feel like a Hallmark card. Like it, it felt intense and serious and that there was like people dying. One hundred percent. When they, when they first let loose their first like wave of arrows, they were follow. They were like train. The camera was trained on the arrows in air, heading towards the enemy. And I was like, "Oh, they're gonna cut away. They're gonna cut away." And then you just see the arrows like impaling everybody. I was like, "All right, I could dig this." Oh, <laughs> oh go Disney! Embracing <laughs> your embracing your inner Game of Thrones. I would just love to see some of Jake's past Hallmark cards that he's given out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Maybe that's a bad description, but you know what I'm saying. Like, just, Could you imagine Jake sending so a card to someone's new baby? A happy baby. Here's a picture of cuddly war. <laughs> a teddy bear war. <laughs> oh man, fucking like uh, cheetahs and leopards running towards like fucking. I don't know what was it. Just they they had like the good animals and the bad animals in that. They had the mythical animals um, yeah. and then. Like real animals, you know, because the real animals are good because mythical animals are heathen and God doesn't like, you know, mysticism. So that's <laughs> like a jaguar tearing out like a unicorn's throat. Yeah. What the fuck? 
What the fuck? What do you like? What what the fuck is a narwhal? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the unicorn of the sea, dude. Dude, narwhals, man. Those are amazing. I, uh, yeah, it's bad when your Mulan review turns into like, what the fuck is a narwhal? Narwhal, the <laughs> fuck is a narwhal? <laughs> Actually, so, well, I get so Jake and uh, Winkler though, because Brian, you haven't seen the animated version. Did you guys see the Ming Na Wen um, cameo? I don't do think I know what I'm talking about. Do you? Oh, I don't so, think so she, yeah, she, um, she's the woman um, at the end of the movie, like who introduces, like, or she announces Mulan to like to the emperor, like after they've won the battle. Like, it's yeah, at the very okay. end. Yeah, that's, so that's I didn't Ming, realize that, that was her. That was Ming Na Wen. I thought that was cute because she did the voice of Mulan in the animated movie. Yeah. Do you think that's that, awesome. do you ever think that So I thought that was cute. Do you think during a like a convention, like a San Diego Comic Con, they're like they're like, You guys ready for Ming Na Wen? Ming Na Now? <laughs> <laughs> if I were her, I would be like, please never announce me like that ever again. You're making a joke out of my name, dog. I know, I would put that in my contract with the Comic Con be like, that is not how I will be announced. Oh man. I just I'm I'm I could see you up there with like the pyrotechnics behind you, You're like, you guys ready? <laughs> <laughs> it's time for me for now. now. Me now when? Me now now. And but like, and for no, some reason, she's, she's, she's not like showing up. <laughs> yeah, no, she's a martial arts expert. She could kick your ass. <laughs> she just could come out and just punch you. Oh man, see, yeah, that's I'm never gonna be uh, hosting a panel ever because that's the kind of bullshit that I would pull. At least the Mulan <laughs> panel. Yeah. <laughs> I could see you doing like a, a different panel where you were like nervous that you would get beat up, but maybe like a wrestling panel. It's time for Ming Na now. That's so stupid. <laughs> and you just hear crickets oh from the audience. So like, how do we react to this? That was, was that insensitive? Like what's going on? What's going on? I don't know how to react to that. <laughs> Oh man. I thought it was cool hearing uh, Christina Aguilera revisit and re-record the reflection song at the end of the movie too. And, and I, a new song. And then the new song, the, uh, what is it? The courage, the honor, bravery and love. Yeah. That song was, I thought that song was pretty decent. I also liked hearing reflection sung in the foreign language <laughs> at the end. I, I watched all the end credits for some reason. I guess it was like, Oh, this is the only way I'm going to get any song. So I might as well stick around. <laughs> But you did notice that. But you did you notice though in the score though, like when she's, um, you know, when she's meeting with the matchmaker. Oh, they did like honor, they, honor for us. Yeah, all. they played honor for us all. And then during the training thing, they are playing the like make a man out of you. Like they they do play those songs. I did love. I did, I thought the matchmaker scene was pretty damn funny with the spider because she just moves the teapot, you know, on top of the spider, and then the matchmaker's like, um, the teapot. You know, it's supposed to be in the center of the table. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I think it looks better there. And then the <laughs> figure's like, I think you should move it. And she's like, no, no I like it there. <laughs> so. Yeah, the spider was one of those glaringly bad uh, CG moments in the oh, movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was so bad. Yeah. I was the whole thing, like but I thought scarf. the scene was cute. And I thought the scene was cute, you know, because she does. And I love how she did the really cool thing of, like, saving, like, the teapot and, like, everything. And, it, it, like, it's like she, it looked so cool. And then, like, in a second just went to shit. 
yeah, she broke it all anyway. I thought that was some good humor there. It was like it was like the super cool moment, and you're like, yeah, and then no. How long? And was that was she- like such BS because the matchmaker comes out like, "Oh, your daughter's a failure. You suck." When she saved everything until everybody else flipped out. Well, no, it was because of the cheat. I thought the matchmaker was like, "No, bad women, no power. Women can't have that. Women, yeah, can't no cheat. Make me some tea. Yeah, less cheat, <laughs> more cheat. Tea yeah, <laughs> I. Uh, oh, That's chai, right? <laughs> Yeah, I think it's a shot. Oh, 100%. Yeah, Yeah, I'm a team master, but I I had to bend the word a little bit. (laughs) Thank God there was no Donny Osmond appearance. Donny Osmond? Was he in the animated? He he sung. He only the singing voice. He only sang one song. Um, BD Wong does the voice of, and I thought it was weird too, in in this version, in the live action version, um, you know, you have um, Donnie Yen. You know, who is her general, her, you know, her mentor. And then they actually created a separate character to be her love interest because the animated version, her mentor, her, her superior is also her love interest. But that was voiced by BD Wong. The speaking, the speaking part for a voice by BD Wong. Donnie Osmond only sang the one song. So, yeah. but yeah, he wasn't, but he, but he was there, which wasn't cool. I don't know if I'll ever watch this again. I think I'll watch it at least one more time. But I would get why you wouldn't bother. Yeah, I don't know if I'll ever watch this again. I mean, I, I man, I, I I do think it would have benefited from a theatrical release, though. So it was definitely filmed like it needed to be on the big screen. Oh, definitely. But I have a question for you guys. So, I mean, the the story of Mulan, I mean, this is not a Disney... Like, I mean, you associate it with Disney because of the success of the anime film, but this is a... Chinese, le- I mean, it is a legend. I mean, that's centuries of years old. There's so many ways you can go with it. I mean, watching this and actually being pleasantly surprised by the, I guess, kind of grittiness or Disney level grittiness they were like willing to go and some of the violence. Part of me was like, I, I would like to see this story done by a non Disney property and go darker with it. You know, I mean, anytime they, anytime they do that though, I've never felt like they've ever done a successful version of anything that's ever been like a darker, grittier version of anything. Like if they do like a darker version of Pinocchio or whatever it is, or, you know, I I feel like Jungle Book. Book, Yeah. I don't feel like they've ever been successful with that when we, like when we get something that's basically adapted from, um, you know, like, uh, from the original source material from Disney, yes. but now it's associated with Disney. I never feel like it's ever successful with anything, with anything mm-hmm. that they try to go um, more with the source material than, than like with a Hollywood kind of like flair. Snow to White it. and the Huntress. Yeah. And the Huntsman. Yeah. Uh, see, I get, yeah, I don't know. I, I wonder like with the hands of the right director though, like if you actually did this more of like a crouching tiger, hidden dragon. You know, and just went full blown out in the, you know, with martial arts. So maybe not necessarily darker, but just, just make it a flat out martial arts film. We're getting, didn't they already announce the sequel in April? Oh, there's a Mulan too? Yeah, in April 2020, it was announced that a Mulan sequel is in development. Oh. Huh. And they've got like, no idea. Yeah, they've got like three or four of the original producers on this one coming back for that one. 
I, I, that was announced in oh. April. I don't know if they're still going forward with it, but like this is still, you know, this is post pandemic news. So. Yeah, maybe we'll see like how this one pans out. I, I think wonder, it's going to be a hit. Do we have numbers on how many people did pay the $30 price point? I don't know. And even if they didn't pay the $30 price point to watch this one, they believe that in December that it will bring new subscribers to the service. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, yeah, either way, they're they're confident that this movie is going to do something for Kinda them. Like, what, like Hamilton. Like Hamilton brought in a bunch of new subscribers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't release those numbers typically. I don't know if they have, but yeah, it did. I don't know. I don't know if I'll watch this one again, but... I gave it a high taste it and yet I still liked Aladdin more and I gave Aladdin a high taste it. It's, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, I think it's definitely worth watching though. I would tell people that it's probably wait, wise to wait. Wait to December though. <laughs> wait till December, watch it over the Christmas season. Yeah, don't pay 30 bucks for this. Yeah, any final thoughts on Mulan? Mm, not really. I guess they didn't ever bring back the uh, Szechuan sauce to McDonald's, huh? No, they didn't. Oh, no. no, yeah. Well, they so brought it, it back. Like 60 bucks a pack, man, on eBay. Fucking Rick and Morty brought it back, not this movie. <laughs> yeah, everyone kind of thought, you know, theorized that this movie would make it have a return, too, because it was for the original Mulan that it came out in the first place. But yeah. no, no tie-in. Maybe they would have had the tie-in had the movie actually came out when it was supposed to. Maybe that messed with it. I don't think so because fucking Wonder Woman movie was supposed to come out and they had the Doritos Wonder Woman stuff already come out, you know? But didn't they pull it? But didn't they pull all that because it wasn't coming out? They had the bags made and that shit's gonna fucking expire. (laughs) I mean, those, they just have a hundred thousand packs of Szechuan sauce in the McDonald's warehouse somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the one, the last thing I'll say about me, like, you know what, at least, yeah, there are some flaws with it. I gave it a high taste it too, because I thought, I did think it was beautiful. Like, I thought it was just absolutely, it was, it was very gorgeous to watch and look at. I, I like some of the, ch- I like the changes that were made. Um, and I like that it, for me, it was completely separate movie. It was completely separate movie from the 98 <clears throat> animated film. And you know what? Overall, what actually makes me the happiest is the fact that it's an all Asian cast, you know, and so this is a, Granted, should have been theatrical release, but it was block. It's a Hollywood blockbuster movie, another Hollywood blockbuster movie with an all Asian cast. I mm-hmm. mean, we used to only get those like one every twenty years. Yeah, you know, yeah. so it's like Crazy Rich Asians. That was only two years ago. Well, I think I think so, Crazy Rich Asians and movies like Crazy Rich Asians and Black Panther have. Oh yeah, that, definitely. You know, and um, but could, it makes me happy though, just because because you know when the '98 Mulan film came out, a lot of you know, Asian American like actors and people involved in film, they they were they were hoping like, oh, this will open up the doors for us and nothing after that. I mean, there was like nothing after that. So you know, the fact that crazy rich Asians happened and then yeah, like we didn't have to wait another twenty years. So hopefully this means like hopefully that this means it's a continuation of like more and more projects, you know, that will have more Asian American representation. So yeah, you were asking me Ming Na when I'm telling you it's time <laughs> for Ming Na now. 
fireworks behind you <laughs> yep. and confetti. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then me being escorted off stage for being a moron and saying that. Yeah. So, all right. That was Mulan. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. It's on, it's, uh, it's going to be on Disney plus in December. I recommend that people watch it and give it, you know, I think maybe, maybe people that are watching this, uh, with their, with their subscriptions will be much happier watching this as opposed to spending the, the $30 Jake. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Spending $30 definitely like adds a whole nother like layer to it. Like you're definitely like, Ooh, this costs 30 bucks. It better be real fucking good as compared yeah. to it's just part of this thing. You're already paying seven bucks a month for anyway. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, yeah. Wow. This is a treat that we're getting to watch this movie that was supposed to originally yeah. be released theatrically. And yeah, we, we were smart and we waited and we didn't pay 30 bucks for it. So hey, hey, if I was able to execute my plan, that 30 bucks wouldn't have worth it, but it, it might, it did not work out for me. And for all the lack of new content on Disney plus anyway, I don't know, man, Jesus. Yeah. I, I really want to watch the, uh, Howard documentary. I need to get on that. Yeah, I haven't seen that either. I don't know. I, 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 I rarely pull up the Disney plus app to be quite honest right. with you the last time i did was yeah. in hamilton that was two months ago that's what i'm saying like like i have disney plus and i've opened it like you guys said twice in the last two months and when they bring in mulan you know to bring back whatever whatever to bring back the audience who love the first one and to new fans who haven't seen the first one it's like there's a certain degree of expectations when you're paying for a monthly subscription that this is going to be included with the subscription. Like, let's just get down to it. Like, Netflix is putting out content every week, like multiple titles a week. And Disney Plus has been stale, man. Well, I, and also on the flip side, now nah, you can make an argument if you wanted to, but also on the flip side, like, Netflix is not charging you a premium price for some of these movies that were supposed to be released theatrically, which that has happened. Um, Netflix on Super Bowl Sunday announced that you're going to get the new Cloverfield movie on there. And I know people, people would not have paid 20 bucks to watch Paradox. I know it's not Mulan. No. It's hard to compare those two, but that was supposed to be a theatrical movie. And I, I believe it was Paramount it was just like, okay, yeah, we don't, we do not have a winner on our hands here. <laughs> just, let's, let's use, let's use the, let's use the Super Bowl here to maybe sell some new subscriptions and to get people back on Netflix. Cause not only, not only, uh, with that announcement are people going to watch Paradox, but like after, immediately after the movie is they're going to, you're going to be able to see other things that Netflix has added. And they're, Netflix's main goal is just to keep you on Netflix and have you never leave Netflix. Netflix. They want you there and they want you never to leave Netflix. I mean, yeah, it is more than double the price of Disney plus though. But Netflix, fuck, I don't give a shit. They're giving me stuff all the time. time. I'm getting new stuff every week. Every week I'm getting new stuff with them. And with Disney plus it's few and far between. 
I mean, I'm getting a new movie to watch, whether it's international, whether it's been, uh, you know, fucking Chris Hemsworth doing a movie called Extraction or Ben Affleck doing Triple Frontier with Oscar Isaac or, I mean, fuck, we're going to be talking about on the new regular episode for people. We're going to be talking. Hillary Swank is doing a series with Netflix. Jamie, I just read the news today that Jamie Foxx, who just did, you know, uh, Project Power, which I was not a huge fan of is signed on to do a Netflix series now. And it's like these you're, I think for the, whatever Netflix is charging you 1299, 1499, 1599 for how many, you know, different uh, devices you can use, uh, you know, on, on, on their, on the streaming service, it's well worth it. It's worth it. No, I, I don't disagree, but that's kind of like, it should, they should be putting out as much content as they do at, Double the price. When Shutter announced that they're going to raise their price a dollar, I actually was kind of like, well, that kind of sucks. But on the flip side, Shutter's been putting out new stuff all the time. Yeah. And I felt like, well, they, they've kind of earned that. Like if Disney wanted me to pay an extra dollar, if I was a monthly subscriber to Disney at this point and they wanted me to pay an extra dollar, I would feel like they're doing it for other reasons other than the original content that they're putting out. The shutter is, they basically said, we're putting out all this new original content. We're giving you all this new stuff. We have to do this now. Yeah. True and shutter yeah. has like the podcast and they yeah. have like the, um, you know, they have like the storybook style, um, audio items and stuff. So like, I agree with you, man. Like I, and Disney next year is going to come out with a bunch of shit. Like they're going to fucking, <laughs> dump a bunch of new content onto all the subscribers, which is going to be awesome and well-deserved. But what I'm worried about is like, then what, you know what I mean? Like, is it going to be consistent like Netflix or is it going to be at least one, like every couple months? Like, Here's the I thing. don't know. Here's the thing with, with this Mulan re- release and the way that they charged the $30 and the way that it wasn't given to theater owners is Disney had a choice to make. Do do we release this in theaters or do we keep all the money for ourselves as 100% profit on our streaming service and not have layoffs or mass firings at Disney? And I can see both sides of it because like it's, yeah, it saves some jobs at Disney, but on the flip side, you know, it's hurting theaters and it's, it's a discussion and it's, it's, I mean, I, it's, it's hard. It's hard for me to like, I, cause there's, 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 there's side, there's two, two different sides to that, you know, and there's either people losing their jobs at Disney and I hate to see that happening. I mean, we've already saw all the people that lost their jobs after the Fox merger and just for Disney to now lay, like lay off or even fire their own employees would be fucking heartbreaking, but I also feel bad for the theater owners on the flip side that could have like Mulan could have been like that big Disney movie that, you know, they would have seen, they would have seen the theater kind of thrive during this pandemic. So it's, 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 these are fuck. Yeah. These are fucked up strange times that we're living in. Well, the movie theaters are already suffering You know, they they were already in danger of almost, I don't want to say, I don't want to say obsolete, but like, I mean, movie theaters for a while have been kind of reaching sort of a point where, like, they're struggling. I mean, they were already struggling before COVID. Mm-hmm. 
totally. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, I was the only one in the theater for my tenant, you know, granted that early access, but I was at the official opening night release and I was the only one in the theater. Oh my God. That so, would have been amazing, Jake. Oh, it was cool. I bet. I, that's, that's the <laughs> oh, way. I'd be scared. I don't know did if I'd say. No, I did not do IMAX. I don't know. I'd be so. too scared. I feel like, I feel like if, I don't know, I, to me, being alone in the amphitheater by myself, I feel like it would, oh, it's just like the beginning favorite. of a horror movie. Oh, and I love then, it. Then like someone on the screen oh, is like, favorite. don't stay in there. Why would you stay there? No, I love it. Sometimes if I haven't seen a movie, I on purpose see it the last week before it's gone just because I know there's a good chance I'll be the only one. June is, oh. June is worried that like halfway through the movie, she's going to look to her left or right and, and see, yes. and see like ghost face in the theater with her. Yes. From that's the, exactly, from, that's exactly right. Like I don't, I, I would not, you know what? I'm telling you right now, like if I went, if I went, if, if I went to tenant, I, I would say I'm going to come back another time. Because I do not, I don't know, that just, that terrifies me thinking like sitting in an empty theater all by myself. Oh, I love it. I, 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 me, oh, me, yeah. me and a buddy went, if I would have saw a quiet place by myself, I would have been in heaven. But yeah, like, me and Michelle yeah. saw it by ourselves. I did not get that luxury. And the, I think like there's been very few times in my life where I've been able to see a movie by myself, but it's always been great. I, I think the last time was a few years ago when I went and saw Social Animals. But before that, it was like 1997 when I saw The Relic. <laughs> so it's, yeah. oh, oh no. Yeah. Which I fucking, I enjoyed that movie. But guys, we are going to end our Milan review because I'm talking about The Relic. So, yeah. So we are going to end this one, Ming Na Now. All right. <laughs> I ended like 10 seconds earlier. I know, man. I keep coming back to that one. It's terrible. Uh, no, thank you, Winkler. Thank you, June. Thank you, Jake, everybody, for this Mulan review. You're not shooting the bullet. You're catching it. Whoa. To do what I do, I need some idea of the threat we face. It's inverted. Someone's manufacturing them in the future. All I have for you is a word. Tell it. Hey, welcome to a bonus episode of Pop Culture Leftovers. In this review, we're going to be talking about the new film, Tenet. We will have spoilers, but we will give you a official spoiler warning once we hit spoiler territory. Jake, Tenet review, man. Yeah, I'm excited. It's back-to-back movie reviews. It's crazy. We're back in the swing of things. Back in the swing of things. But yeah, it's it's been nuts. We just don't know when things are going to release. We really don't know if movies are still going to release on time going forward from now. It's crazy. Tenet, though, did you see uh, $100 million internationally already? No, I did not see the, the <laughs> yeah. revenue yet. Yeah, $100 million internationally. So it looks like, uh, or globally, I can't remember. But yeah, it looks like it's doing... I mean, as, as, as far as like these movies are coming out, I think like this has been like the biggest one in the box office so far. Um, we are not alone, Jake. We are joined by past guest June. Welcome, June. Hi, welcome. For, thank you for having me. So, uh, sorry. My brain just kind of went on a blank there. I apologize. Yeah, this is going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. No, it's, <laughs> I apologize it, it, in it's, advance. It sounds like you've just walked out of a screening of Tenet and you're disoriented. You have no you know idea. <laughs> yeah. That was three days ago and I'm still like, what happened? 
in the past few hours. So, yeah. We'll get into it. <laughs> we are also joined by a first-time guest, uh, Army member, who actually lives in New Zealand and works in visual effects. And uh, we're excited to have you. Kay Hardy, welcome. Well, thank you very much for inviting me. I'm looking forward to this. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm very excited to hear your thoughts on Tenet. And uh, how many times has everybody got to see? I, I, I saw it on the early access screening here in the U.S., which was Monday. And then I kind of marinated on it for a couple days. Uh, I actually went to the Wikipedia page, read everything, the whole layout on the Wikipedia. And then from there, I was like, all right, with this knowledge that I've got from the Wikipedia page, I'm going to go back and watch Tenet again. Went back and saw it a second time yesterday uh, at the local theater here. So I've, I've seen it twice now. I've seen it twice now. And, um, I mean, I'll get into the, the, the experiences I had on both the first and second viewing of Tenet. But, uh, how many times have you guys seen it, Jake? You seen it the one time? I saw it the one time. I, I'm at the middle phase where you're at. I, I saw it once and I've read about six articles in the Wikipedia page since seeing it. Yeah. So I'm very primed to see it a second time now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kay, it's been out in New Zealand a little bit longer. Uh, was it? Yes. Yeah. I saw it on the 22nd of August. Yeah. Um, and then I saw it again yesterday. Saw it again yesterday. Uh, in the meantime, did, did all my reading and research in the meantime and discussed it with friends who'd seen it and read a few articles, saw a few behind the scenes things. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. And I know you, did you do the, you did the pre-order for the visual effects of Tenet, correct? Yes, and it kept getting delayed. It was first supposed to come out on the 1st of September, and it didn't, and then the 9th of September, and it didn't, and now it's on back order for the 3rd of October. So uh, I'm still waiting. Ah, uh, that's <laughs> a shame. I really want it really badly. <laughs> yeah, that's a shame. That's a shame. And you'd think that it wouldn't be that big of a book because it supposedly has the least amount of visual effects in any Nolan film. Yeah. yeah. I think that's probably why I like it so much. It's, yeah, it's insane. Um, June, how many times have you seen Tenet? Um, I saw it the one time, um, the early access um, at the local movie theaters here. Uh, it was Tuesday and Wednesday, so I went Wednesday after work. Did you guys get – we're going to jump into the movie here and everything. But did you guys get the uh, the Dune – I went to an AMC, AMC theater the first time. The second time I went to a locally owned theater, but I got it both times. I got the Dune. It was a teaser trailer for the first trailer. Did, did yeah. you, did yes, you guys? I saw it as well. Yeah. So is that what that was? Cause I, I was like, are they, is this a trailer for the trailer? And I was like, no, that's not a thing that is, exists, but I guess apparently it does. Well, it's it's a teaser for yeah, it's a teaser for the first teaser trailer that's going to be coming out. And so, yeah, that's, and, and I just thought it yeah. was weird. I was like, wait, that's okay. And cool. they're letting you know that it's going to be in theaters first, is what they're saying. So, I mean, I guess we can expect to see the trailer first in theaters, and then the next day probably pop up online. I mean, that's the way it happened with us. I remember being one of the first people to see the Us trailer when it dropped in the theater with. um Oh, what was that movie with Chris Hemsworth? The, uh, uh, I always forget the name of it. The one where they're in like this, John Hamm, Chris Hemsworth. I have no idea. I have no idea either. Oh, really? It was a pretty big movie. He was kind of like the cult leader in that movie. It was, uh. Oh, um, 
I want to say it's like L L something. I can't remember. Is it the good times at the, at the oh battle at the El, no something at good the El times Royale? At, yeah, good times. Good, at, time good times. Good times. Good times at the El Royale. Fast times at Ridgemont El Royale. <laughs> 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 yeah, we we followed that Spicoli character, correct? At the yeah. end of, at the end of the movie, didn't he hire Van Halen to play at his birthday party? <laughs> Chris Hemsworth would be a good Spicoli. Oh, he would be a fantastic Spicoli. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but yeah, uh, that trailer. But did you get it? But did you see? Did you see like a teaser telling you that there was going to be a trailer in theaters when you before you saw the? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I just thought this was weird. Like, I did see that, and I remember being like, "This is just odd." I did too, but I saw. I like they did show clips and stuff like that from like I guess the eventual teaser, and then they showed us. Most of the cast that are going to be appearing in the movie, like we got a shot of Oscar Isaac, you know, Jason Momoa and Batista, which I find is interesting that both of them were, um, Jason Momoa was in the running for Drax first. So we got both guys that, that, and one eventually did play Drax in the Guardians of the Galaxy. So Jason Momoa was like rumored as being Drax at one time. Before Batista, yeah. Before James Gunn basically was the one championing, um, you know, Batista. I don't think the studio really wanted to take the risk with Batista, and it was James Gunn that kind of like said, "Yeah, we're gonna get this guy." But yeah, Um, yeah, it's pretty wild. So I don't know, not a lot to say about it. To be quite honest with you, Um, we saw some cool ships. uh, Timothy Chalamet's hand in a box, (laughs) and uh, a lot of. A lot of sand dunes and sand dust and and some wind. And I, no sandworms. You think we'll get some sandworms in the actual trailer? N- might not get them in the first trailer. Towards probably to- until like towards the end, they'll probably give us a little bit of something. You know what I mean? Yeah, I could see it. I- I'm very excited for this though. I-, I thought it looked really cool. Um, big fan of the first book. It was neat seeing like the visual effects that they had for the House of Atreides. Man, I, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty hype. Well, I mean, and it's Denis Villeneuve and um, Roger Deakins reteaming again. And I mean, those guys Ooh. are incredible. I mean, anything that they've worked on together, Blade Runner, um, the first Sicario film. Those guys are those guys are just amazing when they work together. Yeah, it'll be cool to see some like really heavy sci-fi by those guys. I mean, not that Blade Runner wasn't, but this is a little bit even more out there. Yeah, totally. Um, but uh, let's jump into Tenet. Armed with only one word, Tenet, and fighting for the survival of the entire world, a protagonist journeys through a twilight world of international espionage on a mission that will unfold in something beyond real time. This one is written and directed by Christopher Nolan who produced it with Emma Thomas, a co-production between the United Kingdom and the United States. It stars John David Washington, Denzel Washington's son. And I remember first watching him on um, the the series Ballers. Yes. <laughs> with, the, with, the, with The Rock, uh, Dwayne Johnson. So uh, he has come a long way. This one also stars Robert Pattinson, um, Elizabeth Debicki, uh, Dimple Kapadia, Michael Caine, and Kenneth Branagh. Uh, Nolan took more than five years to write the screenplay on this one. Um, he was deliberating about Tenet's central ideas for over a decade. Uh, and, um, it was shot on 70 millimeter and IMAX. This film was delayed three times due to COVID-19. 
It released in the United Kingdom on August 26th and then here in the U.S. on September 3rd. But it it was August 31st for the early, early screening. Anyway, um, it uh, grossed $53 million worldwide, but I'm hearing now that uh, it's at over $100 million or getting close to crossing that. Um, the musical score was from Ludwig Gorenson. He's the uh, composer from Marvel's Black Panther, Fruitvale Station, and Creed 1 and Creed 2. All of those movies, interestingly enough, star uh, Michael B. Jordan. Also did the Mandalorian score. He did. Have you seen the Mondo 8 LP set that they just put out for the Mandalorian on vinyl? Mm-mm. No. It has like Mm-mm. the artwork that you see on the show on the covers of the, the vinyl sets. It's it's eight different vinyl um LPs and it's insane. Like two hundred dollars. It's pre order right now, and I think they made maybe three thousand of them. It's fucking gorgeous. It's fucking. I would like love to drop the two hundred bucks on it just for the artwork. It's fucking gorgeous. I bought the Avengers Endgame, and I think that that ran me like ninety five bucks, and they sold out. And I think you gotta pay. Like I think they're they're like on eBay for like twice that amount right now. I believe it. Yeah. But uh, we are going to be jumping into Tenet here. I want us to uh, discuss this one and give our non-spoiler thoughts. We are going to be rating this one, so I am going to be playing our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. We're going to start with first-time guest on the podcast, Kay Hadi. What did you think of Tenet and give us your rating? Um, for me, it's a Tupperware. I really enjoyed the film. Um, I'm a big fan of Nolan's movies, so maybe I am probably a little bit biased. I probably went into it really wanting to like it as well, but... Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was something really different and had a lot of inno- quite innovative as well. So, yeah, yeah, me it's a Tupperware, definitely. We, we got a Tupperware. I'm gonna I'm gonna move it on to June. What did you think about Tenet? Um, it's at a taste it right now, but I think it requires multiple viewings. Um, I look, I consider myself to be an intelligent person, but I, I struggled with the plot. Um, a lot. Um, I, I was very, I thought it was really convoluted, um, and hard to follow. I mean, I really struggled with it, but, you know, the fight scenes I thought were really great. The action scenes, um, I thought it was beautifully shot. So yeah, it's a taste it right now, but it might go up after, if I get a chance to watch it again. I'm going to ask this to everyone right now before we move forward. Did any of you also struggle with the center channel audio, the vocals in this movie. No. Do you mean like hearing, like, hearing the dialogue? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I did. I did. I, I this was, I was kind of like hoping I had subtitles or something. Yeah. Yeah. The, my first viewing was like that. And then my second viewing was much better. And I talked to the owner. It was, a, it's a family owned theater. And he's like, yeah, we tweaked the audio. That way you could hear the vocals better. Cause I went to it. I went to like my first, viewing was at a Dolby Atmos theater 
and the action came through great. Like you could hear everything, but some of like the quieter dialogue and stuff like that, when they were just talking in normal voices was very faint and quiet. And mm-hmm. like people have been complaining about that and they've complained about that with Nolan movies in the past. So, um, yeah, I felt, yeah. I felt like that too. Um, and there's especially like, look at, but there's a scene where Robin Pattinson and, um, Johnny of Washington are talking, but I felt like the score overpowered the scene. Mm. Like, and, and I, yeah, I just remember being like, okay, I can't really hear what they're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Jake, you didn't yeah. have that problem. Kay, you did, did you have that problem? No, I didn't have that problem at all. Um, I, I saw it on Thursday though. So maybe they kind of worked out those kinks by the time I saw it. And I also did not see it in IMAX. I just saw it in a regular theater. Yeah. Maybe that has something to do with the audio issues being a little bit trickier. Yeah. Okay. How is it for you? Um, my local theater is actually pretty good at getting the audio right. There were some points where it was not as clear as it could have been. Yeah. But I've got tinnitus, so I'm quite good at having to focus on what people are saying. Right. Just simply because sometimes I genuinely can't hear it. And I'm always accusing everyone of mumbling anyway. So, um, yeah, my, my listening for dialogue is a bit more focused because of that. So that could be the reason I didn't have so many issues. My second viewing was so much better. I felt like I missed a lot. Lot my first one in that Dolby Atmos, but the, I mean the action and all the score came through just awesome. Uh, Jake, what did you think about Tenet? Yeah, this was a really interesting one for me. Um, I'm I'm not the biggest Nolan fan. I, I'm by no means a hater. I'm just kind of right there in the middle with this stuff. You know, take it or leave it. Um, I thought during the first hour of this movie, I could not believe how incredibly bored I was. Um, it was worse than confused. I was just kind of bored from the lack of understanding. But then the next 90 minutes just like blew my brains out. Like I, I just could not believe how great the last 90 minutes were. And the whole thing kind of gave me what I call the Prometheus effect where ever, ever since I've walked out of the movie, all I've done is read articles and find information about this movie. And I feel like watching that first hour again with the context of more knowing what I'm seeing will be a completely different experience when I see it. Um, I have to Tupperware this though. I honestly, I think this might be my favorite Nolan movie. And th- this blew me away. I, I cannot stop thinking about this movie. Oh man. I, um, I'll jump in as well. Uh, I'm right there with you and I can, I'm going to give it a Tupperware. I it's for me, it was, it was that first hour I was very lost like as to what's going on. And then they introduced like the concept that we're going to get into and uh, kind of spell it out a little bit more for you. And then I felt like I was really kind of like getting into the movie a lot more. And then upon – I'll tell you one thing. After reading the Wikipedia page and then coming back and and watching it a second time, there are so – many things that you see in the second viewing that you just that just blow you away and the genius the brilliance of it and it's like um i mean we have like a i feel like hollywood has kind of had like a void and i've seen some directors kind of like come in and like pick up the pieces of like losing a stanley kubrick and i've seen jordan peele do it you know, he's blown my mind with his movies and, and, and Christopher Nolan's been doing it. Like these are highly intelligent fucking directors and storytellers. And, um, I think that this is one of those movies that like it rewards you 
with a second and third and fourth viewing. It, you, you are rewarded every time. So let's go ahead and, um, we got, I, I'm amazed, Jake. I did not think you'd be giving this a Tupperware. I thought you asked me 45 minutes into this movie what I was going to rate it. I would have told you I was going to toss it. I, I was just that out of it. Like it just made no sense to me and it was just kind of almost slow and plotty. But yeah, I, just like you, I, I know the exact scene. Like once we had the boat scene and then leading into the the car scene, like I felt like I was starting to get what was going on, and it was just blowing my mind. Yeah, yeah. Well, let, let's let's unpack this one. I'm going to go ahead and play. We are going to be diving into full spoilers from this point on. Here's your spoiler warning. This is a pop culture leftovers spoiler warning. Today's forecast calls for spoilers straight in your dick hole. You have been warned. Spoiler pussies. Uh, John David Washington. Wow. I mean, I don't know. Like, he's, I think he's fantastic in this. I think he's awesome. I, I really just kind of was blown away by the chemistry between him and Robert Pattinson. I think, I think once Robert Pattinson is introduced into this story, um, and then even, um, uh, the female lead in this one, when, uh, she is introduced into this, and with with this character, I think like everybody just had great chemistry in in this movie. Yeah, yeah. I agree I mean, with that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Washington's former, Washington's a former athlete, isn't he? He's a football player, so it was really necessary to have someone that could give that kind of physical performance the stuff that you had to do and had to go through um, you couldn't have had just some average actor go through it it would have to be him I, yeah I thought I thought he was incredible I thought I just just the chemistry between him and Pattinson I, w- I hope this is not the last movie that these guys do together because I thought they were fucking great together on screen I loved that's, it yeah that's the highlight of the, the highlight of the movie for me actually is the two of them um their yeah, their relationship and the way they kind of bounced off each other and played off each other. That I thought that was my favorite part of the film was the two of them. You're just you're just so lost at the beginning of this movie. You, I mean, I think we are supposed to be, and I think I think Nolan kind of like. <laughs> The brilliance of this movie is the fact that I think like it does reward you upon second viewing. I really, okay, I don't know about you, but there are so many things mm-hmm. that I noticed in my second viewing that I didn't notice in the first viewing. And we're gonna we're gonna jump into like the whole inversion and all that stuff. And I mean, I'm assuming that everybody that's listening to this part has already watched the movie, so I don't really need to like you know spell out the entire yeah. movie scene by scene. But there is a there is a scene in in the movie when it's when John David Washington's character who's only known in the movie as the protagonist I mean the character doesn't have like a first name that I'm aware of Mm-mm. but it's when he when he's first sent back into you know into the machine and he's got to you know kind of like self get acclimated to being an inverted version of himself in in a world that's kind of like he's kind of going against the grain of like 
physics and the laws of nature. Like he's in a world where an explosion, fire for anyone else, they're going to get burned. But for him, he's going to, it'll, it'll freeze. It's the complete opposite. And he's feeling the wind at his back now and all this, all this stuff that they talked about. And that they have to use those oxygen masks in order to breathe. Um, it's all kind of explained in science real quick, but there's the scene where he's getting in that car and driving. You can kind of see like how awkward it is for him to drive that car. And did you notice that the side view mirror, the passenger side view mirror had a crack in it? Yes, I did catch that. And then as he's driving, he eventually hits another car and the crack disappears. And it's just like little details like that. There's mm-hmm. a, there's another scene where Robert Pattinson's inverted character like touches like there's like all this rubble and rocks and stuff like that, and he touches a ledge that and 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 when he touches the ledge, rocks and rubbles come up and form right where his hand is, like as opposed to falling when he touches it. It's just like little details like that. Just watching it the second time just kind of fucking blew me away with all the you can see how like this how this is just like a labor for Christopher Nolan to like try to get everything right and I'm sure that people are going to be able to upon multiple viewings be able to catch like inconsistencies but for the most part I mean I I don't think do you guys call this time travel and if it is time travel I've never seen anything like it yeah, I would say yeah. at its core, it's it's a time travel movie. But you're you're absolutely right. Like there's there's nothing really like it. You're not really clued in for a while that time travel is even kind of the game that's going on either. So I mean, the movie, much like the plot, kind of works backwards in that way. Like that that whole first hour, once you realize all the scope and what's going on, just makes so much more sense. It's almost not even watchable without knowing what happens the next 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they do that to make sure that you're just as lost as the protagonist at the start, because he doesn't know what's going on either. So right. that first viewing, you're, you're just as lost as he is. So I think it gives you a bit more empathy for the character. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, you think about it, like, you know, I mean, yeah, we're just jumping straight into spoilers, but it's like you're meeting the protagonist at the beginning of this journey and we find out like he's basically the founder of Tenet but we're also meeting Robert Pattinson's character who's at the end of his journey and we find out yeah. like, like these guys are the best of friends it's just even their even their relationship is inverted and the fact that like the more that they kept talking about like paradoxes and like Jake we see paradoxes in sci-fi you know bootstrap paradoxes in comic books and mobius loops and all this shit man and like the way that he is like the leader of tenet itself is a paradox yeah, yeah. it's just wild to think about and and even within the movie, they kind of throw out that line where it's like, just don't think about it too hard. Just accept it the way it is, feel it, and move on. Yeah. And I think, like, all that stuff is kind of stuff that the protagonist taught to Robert Pattinson's character that he hasn't learned yet. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But so, and the fact that it's, it's almost like a loop. It, Sorry. It, no, it's... Oh, it, I was going to say, but didn't Nolan, didn't he say... I remember... Actually, I think it was when I was recording an episode with you, Brian, um, 
you know, you had read some news about the movie, and, like, sure. there was a quote from Nolan that said, like, this is not time travel. Sure, and that, it is. I mean, I, he can say that it's not, and it, it's a different kind it, of time yeah, travel. It, but it is. Like, I mean, it is. Because it is. Because the whole thing of, But yeah. you, you got to yeah. sell tickets, and you got to get people wondering, like, how is he doing this movie? Why are things going in reverse when I'm watching this trailer? And how is it not a time travel thing? And it... I mean, in a way, like we're talking about it being a loop. It totally is a loop. The whole thing is a loop. It just feels like it yeah. just keeps it keeps repeating itself, right? I mean, and it's a bootstrap yeah. paradox in the fact that, like, when did it start? And if, like, one of these things doesn't happen, does it still get to the same outcome? And it's like, we don't know that. And Robert Pattinson's like, I don't have the answers for that. Yeah. yeah. I think but Nolan it- was lying on purpose because it, it's very much a reveal that the future is at war with the past like that's kind of an oh shit moment for the audience and I don't think Nolan was trying to like tip his hat and let everyone know that was going on I think he lied on purpose I think he would candidly say that this is a time travel movie after the fact yeah okay you had yeah. some thoughts on that yeah and um, the fact that it's a loop feels very much like it's a, a sort of purgatory wouldn't you say? If you wanted to get extra philosophical about it. That's a good point. He's just stuck in that loop because he, yeah. he's basically, as the founder of Tenet, he's sending his best friend back to die. But he can't not do it, otherwise the world destroy, it gets destroyed. Right. So you're kind of stuck in this loop that you're constantly going to be causing... Yeah, because as well, because um, Debicki's character Kat, she saw herself diving off the boat. So we know from the very beginning when you watch it the second time, you know mm-hmm. it's, it's already happened. Yeah, I, I, it's already I, succeeded. I loved so. it when I, I loved it when I kind of realized that, like the woman that's going to be jumping off the boat is actually her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how she was envy in the beginning movie. She's like, I was so envious of her because she seemed free. Yeah. yeah. But she actually was free, <laughs> yeah. like when she dove off the boat. So. And how like, how is this movie? No, go ahead, Jake. I was going to say how it's so messed up to me. Like, what the fuck is going on in the future that the only solution is to destroy reality? Like, that's that's the part that really blows my mind. Like, I wish I could ask that question to well, Nolan. You know, it was well, it was basically this one guy that was controlling it. Correct. I mean, he was he basically if he couldn't if he couldn't survive pancreatic cancer, he was going to take the whole world with him. No, that he was just a middleman, though. The Kenneth Branagh character, yeah, like he was it's just the, the guy future. that the future people were using to execute their plans. Like he's not really the villain; he's just like the go-between guy, like the contact for the future. That's true like, because he was, yeah, he was kind of like the one that was getting the information from the future. Like the future, you know what I mean? Yeah. He well, he's also wasn't he passing like passing messages to the future so they could send it or they could so the future like knew exactly what points in the past to um to intervene like right like yeah he's basically just a contact like he's not the one with the plan like he's not the one who's trying to execute this thing. So that just blew me. And that's just one of those right things. He's got the right mindset to do it, though. <laughs> yeah, that's just one of does. those things that you'll never know. Like, you know, you don't know if it, they kind of hint that it may be like some like really bad pollution issues. No, no. Yeah, it was um, it was uh, they were trying to reverse the. The, they thought that if they if they did this, it would reverse the effects of global warming. 
Yeah. It's but even it's, that it's is mentioned like it's fuzzy m- on a walkie talkie and you don't you can't really like yeah. decide if that's really what's going on. That that's just the part of this movie that really blows my mind and it's like we're just gonna wipe out fucking reality, like that's the plan. But yeah, I, see, I Jake, that's saying. my question too, but Jake, that's my question too though. So the future you know, like, but you destroy reality, but then, then how does that help you in the future? I guess nothing is better than the suffering that they endure with yeah. whatever happens. There's like there's no loop and there's there's no existence at all. Everything's wiped. It's, everything's wiped out at that point, right? If you're wiping out reality. And I guess the future is so terrible that that's a better reality than the one they're living in now. And when they, like kept, they if they do yeah. that, then they won't exist to suffer the way they're suffering. Non-reality is better than the reality that they're currently living. Jake, I don't yeah. know about you, but like when the soldiers have like the red tags and the blue the, the blue bands and the red bands, I oh that was for that was a insane. moment I just thought about <laughs> I thought about red versus blue. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, but now I, I I see where you're coming from now. Yeah, it's the Rooster Teeth Halo inspired comedy series, people, if you don't know what I'm talking about. Um, what did you think about, um, the, oh my god, like, the, the whole, the whole heist scene with the, with the paintings and all that, like, I have never heard of a security system that in, they, they prioritize these the people that own the art that they have on these planes, they, they prioritize their art so much that they, they suck the oxygen out of the room. You have 10 seconds to get out of there and you'll basically just die. Yeah, that was yeah. wild. Is that, is that based in reality? Is I, that a free port? I think free ports do exist. I mean, I don't think they're this, right? I, I think those, something like that does exist, yeah. but it obviously not to the, the security is not to that extent, but. Or maybe they are. I don't know. It was like the equivalent they said <laughs> of a of a Swiss bank account, mm-hmm. but for but instead of money, like instead of currency, yeah. it was objects yeah, like, that have yeah. enormous enormous value. So if there's like a fire, instead of like he was worried about like if water would come down and like put out the fire, it's going to ruin all the art in there, and and so it's like they suck out the air with without air fire can't spread and i was just like that is super inventive and then like no one like one ups himself oh all right jesus christ i instead of a plane crashing into a building you heard my fucking bottle crash into the wall um but uh, <laughs> but that, that 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 gigantic fucking plane that scene kind of blew me away. That was real. Like, I don't know if you guys have yeah, been yeah. like reading mm-hmm. into that, but that was a real plane that they had fucking like blow up. It was one of the biggest yeah. fucking action set pieces I can remember. Like, you can see this kind of stuff in like a Mission Impossible movie, but like, Jake, I don't, there's not a lot of like action set pieces that are this huge. I remember in, um, what was it? The Last of the Mohicans where like they blew up that fort. They had like one chance to get it right. And if they fucked up, they didn't get the shot. You can't rebuild that thing. They fucking built it and they're going to blow it up. And, and they had one shot to do it. And it felt like this was just as big a fucking stunt that they're trying to pull off. Like, dude, I can't imagine if Nolan fucked this up that they'd be like, okay, yeah, we'll pull the, go get another plane, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. just go, just go pick one of the other many planes we have just to dispose of. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 
I wonder how many cameras yeah, no, the, they had filming this at, at, at one time. Because, I mean, there's so much going on that they have to, to do with these shots. It, it's just an incredible feat. You could see how it took him five years to kind of plot all this out and how he was going to film this and yeah. work everything together. It's just, just insane. Oh, yeah. yeah. The plane completely blew me away because I didn't know he'd done that because I was not listening to as much news about Tenet so I could come into it fresh. And so I didn't know that he'd actually bought a plane mm-hmm. and crashed it. Yeah. And it works out as cheaper than doing it as a visual effects shop. Yeah. It's the, the total cost of getting a plane and doing all that because there's no miniatures involved, no green screen, no later compositing. And apparently it was the engines that the expensive part. So they sold the engines because that was, uh, that helped set, offset some of the cost as well. So. So, yeah, it actually worked out as cheaper than yeah. doing it as a visual effects. That's crazy. Like when you watch Die Hard in the, in the helicopter, you know what I mean? That whole scene with the helicopter at, 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 at Nakatomi Plaza. That's a, that's mm-hmm. a, that's a model that they used. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it looks good though. It looks fucking amazing. It's like you don't really kind of notice it until they actually tell you that it's a model. It looks fucking amazing. This was real. But like even, but, but with, I mean, there is so, we're always reading these stories about like things going bad. Like this is like how, I mean, the control that you have to have in order to do this so that nobody gets hurt. That's scary. It's so scary that they, it's a, but it's just amazing that they pulled this off because it fucking looked incredible to me. Like watching this gigantic play just start knocking over those lights and then like just pushing those cars like they're little toy cars. That was, I was just like, oh my God, that's real. Oh my God. Yeah. They filmed it at a real airport as well. Which is, they, as he said, there's, they're not in the habit of crashing planes at airports, so, um, <laughs> they had to do that very carefully. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Oh my God. It was, it was definitely not Qantas, Jake, because, um, that's a Rain Man thing, isn't it? Do people still get that joke, Jake? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Select few. <laughs> Select few. I guess like diehard Rain Man fans might get that one. <laughs> Did you see the, the, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, this movie was such a, um, it makes me sad to hear you guys had sound mixing problems because that was one of my favorite things about this movie. And once it really got going and you were doing all the inverted time stuff, like the sound mixing was just a marvel to me. The, the music combined with the way things sound when they move backwards and it just blew me away. It, if this wins an award for anything, it should definitely be sound mixing in my opinion. I, I think it's got to be with with what's crazy is it could win visual effects and it's got the least amount of visual effects in any Nolan movie. <laughs> and the fact that like, like you, I mean, think about it, like Endgame, how many how many VFX shots were in uh, in Endgame? You know, like it's like every shot practically. I mean, you know, I think it it uh, I can't remember how many VFX shot they said. Was it between three thousand and forty five hundred? Yeah, that sounds about right. It was, it was a shit ton. It was a lot. And this was, they said this was less than 300, I believe. Maybe. Yeah, and that, that makes sense. Yeah, he's very sparse with his use of VFX. He likes to try and do as much practical stuff as possible. Cause he understands it is cheaper. Yeah. And not many directors seem to know that sometimes. <laughs> 
Yeah, because I was thinking like once they started bringing back like the the practical effects for um, you know like the Star Wars films that I, I was thinking, Jake. It, right now, I think it, I was thinking it would be more expensive to do practical to build to build a uh, you know Millennium Falcon and and all this stuff again, and to you know the all the creatures and puppets and stuff like that. So yeah, I think you're just paying less people at the end of the day. Like, it takes so many people to do all those VR effects compared to, you know, what it takes to just do them naturally. It's the amount of manpower would be my guess. And Kay might know more than me about that. Could Yeah, yeah, it's, it's manpower more than anything else. Did, but, like, you know, okay. the, the phrase, we'll fix it in post, seems to be very, very common on a lot of sets. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. this didn't work, oh, we'll fix it in post. And that's um, that's why sometimes there's more... VFX shots than maybe would have been necessary if there'd been a bit better planning. I kept thinking to myself, I know it's not going to happen, but like, you know, if, if Nolan really wanted to do another movie, I mean, we could have Tenet again. He could title it the exact same film, same movie. (laughs) The title itself is basically an inversion. And you could see Robert Pattinson's journey from his beginning. And you know That you, would be cool. I would I would like to see that. I would totally be up for that. <laughs> I actually I, I thought and Robert Pattinson you know what, I'm gonna be honest, I have not seen anything that Robert Pattinson's been in except that one Harry Potter movie. Yeah. Like I never watched anything so I don't I mean, so when everyone, when he was announced as the new Batman and then you had a bunch of people be upset about that, I was like, I have no opinion because I've only seen him in that one small role. Uh, I thought he was fantastic in this. Like he was such a, he was so likable. Mm-hmm. He just, you know, yeah. you very guys- like happy a lot, you know, like as much as the movie was very like much about doom and gloom, like he was upbeat and he was just, he was fantastic. I, um, I don't subscribe to this theory, but I, I've heard a lot of people pushing it around. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people believe that Pattinson's character, Neil, might actually be Kat's son. Oh, but that wow. seems just a little bit too far-fetched. But there's a lot of people. I, I read a Reddit thread about it, and like, really the only thing that kind of pokes a big hole in that is there's never any kind of like sadness or drama or recognition when it comes to Neil with Kat. And Kat is his mom. And there's the one point where um, he's actually, you know, he he believes that uh, the protagonist is going to, like, make contact with her again and try to protect her. And he's like, you know, there's bigger things at stake here. You know, like the world is at stake, not just one person. Like even saving her from that car. You know, I mean, after he gave up the object that they had, you know, that, you know, it's he find out that it's not the plutonium 241. It's this other thing. And his character seems to know that it's actually just it's more important than than the plutonium, whatever the object is, because this character knows basically what it is. And and there, yeah, there is no recognition. I kept thinking like to myself, like we're talking about paradoxes and all this stuff. It kind of like reminded me of like. Terminator, where Kyle Reese is, you know, the best friend of John Connor in the future that sends his, basically just sends his dad back into the past to have sex with his mom. <laughs> that creates him in the first place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, that's another, like, kind of like, you know, paradox or something. Like, what if that didn't happen? Like, how is one thing happening without the other? Like, and yeah, it, it'll fuck with your head if you just think about it too much. 
So that that's what makes it that's what makes it kind of like it has to be a loop, like a time loop, like a Mobius loop or something. It's crazy. I don't know. I don't know. This movie, this movie, even upon the second viewing, I feel, I still feel like there's a lot of things that I still need to, to watch in like a third or a fourth viewing that I still don't 100% understand. Um, I do want to talk about, um, uh, Kenneth, uh, Ronick's character and he was just, he was a terrifying villain. Oh, agreed. I, he was one of the best parts of the movie, Timmy. He he did such a good job. He, and he's an actor that can a lot of times be very comical and very funny. So I kind of didn't know he had this in him where, like, I, I was scared of this character and what this character was capable of. Oh, when he's, like, yelling and, and, and stuff and, like, Russian and, like, um, threatening people and... I mean, even at the the dinner table, threatening the protagonist and saying, you know, like, uh, you know, how do you want to die? And he's like old and he's like basically saying how he's going to take him out. They're going to take him out and slit his throat and then cut his nuts yeah. off. <laughs> and he's going to be he's, he's going to be pulling his nutsack out of his fucking throat. And I'm that's just like, like oh that's, my. he's like, that's oddly specific. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so the last thing he'll, so they can laugh at the guy trying to pull his balls out of his own throat before he dies. And yeah. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> it was fucking dark as shit. <laughs> in every scene with him and Elizabeth Debicki, like when it was just the two of them, like I did feel like it was, I, I was like tense. Every, like every time he and Elizabeth Debicki had like just this, like just the two of them together, I would just be like, get out of that room, girl, get go. Yeah. <laughs> I kept like, I kept wondering like, how is their, how is like their courtship very early on when they started? Like he, was he a complete, he had to have been a completely different guy to get her. He, he was a real charmer back then. He had to have been. It's crazy. I, was I think to- he was, I think he was nicer. Plus, you know, he was super, you know, very super rich. I think she even admits that that was yeah. something she was attracted to, but I think he, she does, she say like, you know, he was kinder before or something yeah, i thought she mentioned something about that yeah and as well toxic relationships don't start out with someone behaving that way they start out with someone being charming and being nice and wonderful and then they gradually sort of deteriorate into you're not doing this or else i'm gonna kill you so yeah it, it turned into like kind of like ownership like she was his property oh, yeah, flat out ownership because yeah. he would he would give her up for uh certifying a forged painting right yeah that yeah. but that, that that's prison time <laughs> one of the scenes probably that, when yeah. she met him too he probably didn't have his future friends at that point and his future friends were kind of like a bart simpson that like you know really corrupted <laughs> him and made him into a, a bad influence person. god those that would, that future people are bad too. influences yeah one of the scenes yeah. that I absolutely fucking loved and I wanted to see more of, and hopefully we'll get to see this from John David Washington in future movies, is the way he, after he had the first meeting with her, Cat, and there, you know, he's getting, she leaves and like his goons come there and they're gonna basically escort him out and just beat the shit out of him and probably kill him and show him the show her the dead body um 
how he just fucking manhandles these guys in the kitchen and uses different things in the kitchen to beat the, the shit out grater. of them. Yeah, he uses <laughs> yeah, the, the cheese grater. Yeah, the cheese grater so visceral. I mean, like everyone's cut themselves on a grater before, so it's like, oh, you really felt that one. Oh, I loved it, but it was just so fucking brutal. It, it reminded me of like the, you know, the uh, Christian Bale Batman fighting scenes, you know, just how fucking brutal mm-hmm. they were. I, I loved it. I loved it. I, I actually kind of wanted to see more of that. I wanted to see him take out like that head goon with that. I wanted to see and that guy beat the shit out of him. I wanted to see that guy, you know, get his come up and later in the movie. He did. He did. Oh, but, that tall bald, the yes. tall bald dude. He looked like a Bond villain. Oh, yeah. I did. I How love that tall guy. Is, um, that guy was so tall and I was shocked when Elizabeth DeBecky was standing next to him and they were like the same height. I was like, damn, she is tall too. <laughs> she might be She's wearing tall. heels or something. So, yeah. Yeah. This yeah, Bond villain is a great comparison though. You yeah. definitely did remind me yeah. of that too. Well, I mean, it, it's a, it's yeah. a, it's a, you know, it's, it is a, it's very much a spy movie, you know, and it, mm-hmm. it's so, um, I don't know. The, the, the whole concept of inversion just blew me the fuck away. And the, when we finally see kind of like that, that machine, what did they call that machine that would be able to send them into the, you know, the inverted world? There was a name. Did they give for it a it. name? It had nine pieces, right? Yeah. Well, that was the, was that the algorithm? That was the algorithm. Algorithm. Yes, yes, yes. Those little turnstiles though, but like, in the way, yeah, like, turn- no. Oh, sorry, okay, go ahead. Yeah, it was turnstile. You said turnstile. I think turnstile. that is the name for the oh, machine. Okay. Yeah. So is it that you have to go in, like you have to watch out for your inverted self and like you have to enter it at the same time as your, in- is that how it's right? Uh, it's called a proving window. I think they, it's, it's a specific piece of glass that you can see what's going on on the inverted side. Mm. And that's what, that's what we see in the first fight. Is you don't know it's the proving window. Yeah, you don't know that you're looking at. You think don't that know you're. That until run. Yeah, when you're looking yeah. at Neil, you think that it's the Neil that went through the other door, and it's actually right. Am I right? No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that made no sense the first time I it saw it. It made no sense the first time. Stuff. Watching, but watching, I mean, watching some of the, the, the fight and the action the first time and then going back and watching it a second time and watching it basically in reverse. Um, I like uh, that. The, the fight between John David Washington and John David Washington. Like, I yeah. like seeing the replay of that fight in the hallway. It was awesome. Yeah. It was yeah, cool. there is behind the scenes footage of that on YouTube. Uh-huh. I think theater behind the scenes. That that's all stunt work, and there's no VFX in that. Oh my god! I was going to ask about that if some of the VFX had to do with those that fight scenes, though, because you have like they're fighting each other, but one of them's inverted, so everything he's doing is like in reverse. Everything he's doing is in reverse. And, and then the you small, replay it, and then you yeah. replay it, and then they would, yeah. Didn't it so. start to raise questions the first time we were watching the car scene, and you start seeing characters, you know, um, wearing the 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 oxygen masks, and I'm thinking, why is why is this character wearing an oxygen mask now? And you know, I'm not- I was so fucking confused, and that that yeah. was the mind blowing moment was when um, 
the protagonist goes back through it again and you actually like you're like as soon as they give him the oxygen mask and explain all the rules to that and how he's going to feel and everything just everything kind of clicked in my brain as to what had been happening the whole time and then to immediately get the example of seeing him being the person in that other car the whole time i was just fucking mind fucked i was yeah. like oh this is fucking awesome and then the okay, the I, the the second time i watched it when you see the red tag on neil's rucksack at the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie it hits you that much harder and i think like for me the second time i watched it at the end when they're basically saying goodbye neil saying goodbye and then but he's also saying hello you're you're about to start an amazing friendship here and it hit me a lot more emotionally the second viewing than it did on the first time around yeah because he was there at the very beginning in the in the concert hall as well. Yes, yeah, but we see that the one of the first shots in that concert hall is like yeah. he sees that he notices that that red tag on the rucksack, and then at the end of the movie, yeah. when you see that red tag again, it registers with him, and he knows what's going to happen. And that's the point he was sent back to from the future. Yeah, that when he went inverted, that's probably the point where he comes back out from it. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Oh, back to the um the the concert hall. The concert hall and then yeah, the the explosion. That was where he was sent to. The explosion and he dies in that. Correct? Yes, cuz he yeah. eats yes. a cyanide pill. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Well, the cyanide pills weren't really cyanide pills. Oh, it, the CIA top secret mystery version of the cyanide pill. Yeah. The one that doesn't kill you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though it's supposed to, I guess. So. <laughs> oh, man. I love it. I mean, yeah, right? Like, it all, it, you're right. It is a complete loop. Um, God. I think that's crazy, though, that the stunt, like, the fight scenes, though, that was all stunt work. That actually kind of blows my mind. Yeah. How did yeah, you do I think, yeah. Was it wire work? Is it even the stunt guys? No, no, the stunt guys were having to learn how to fight and reverse as well. Oh, wow. That's crazy. There's behind-the-scenes behind footage on YouTube. I'm going to go watch that. that. So it's well worth watching, yeah. Well, they yeah, show, definitely. They show, um, you know, before, like, red team and the blue team kind of, like, they sh- don't they show inverted members fighting against, you know, ones that are moving forward and they... Yeah, that's when they do the temporal pincer, which is where they yep. attack from moving in both ways in time. Like the whole finale sequence, that's what's going on mm-hmm. there. And it happens more than once. It, that's not the first time you see that movement in the finale. Like the bad guys are doing that same exact thing throughout the movie, too. You just don't really understand what they're doing until the good guys explain their like plan at the end of the movie. I will like for for me, I'm going to give I'm going to give it a Tupperware from me. But I'm also going to put an asterisk there that I'm that I'm letting people know that, you know, this movie rewards you with multiple viewings. I think. I don't, I don't think it's a one and done. And I, I think like that's, that's kind of at the movie's detriment, Jake, for people just going in and expecting to watch like a huge, you know, popcorn blockbuster. But if you know Nolan, you should know better. But yeah, yeah. He, he, he yeah. kind of breaks the mold when it comes to like the, the big summer blockbuster. You kind of know it's going to take a little bit more thinking and it's not going to be, it's definitely not a shut your brain off action movie. It's the exact opposite of that. So I, I think this movie will have, a lot of detractors. Oh, totally. Yeah. I think as well, it's the um, 
people are applying normal time travel rules from other films to this movie, mm. and that's probably why they're getting confused. Yeah. I think that's what, see, you know, Brian, like, I, I think you should put, like, I need to put an asterisk, asterisk next to my, um, pie, ta- like, my you taste, taste it. it. Yeah. Yeah, my taste it rating, because, like, now that we're talking about it, kind of going through it, um, I'm actually, like, I'm realizing, like, I think I enjoyed the movie more than I did when I left the theater Wednesday night. Um, granted, I, like, I went straight from work, like, so I was kind of distracted. Like, I was, I don't think I was in the correct headspace to watch this on Wednesday night, um, because my mind was kind of still reeling from everything at work. I mean, I think that, I mean, I definitely walked out of there going, I have to, I, there's, there's no way that my current rating is going to stay that way because I, I have to watch this again. I mean, it could go up like or it could, it could go down. I mean, it's one of those things. It sounds like it would go up after this I conversation. I think it would go up. If I watched it another time, I think it would definitely go up to a high taste it, probably a Tupperware, definitely a Tupperware probably after a third viewing. But I mean, I, that, that's what I'm anticipating will yeah. happen. Um, but yeah, it definitely requires multiple viewings. It does. I think this movie yeah. rewards you with multiple viewings. Go ahead, Kay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the the time travel rule, which the way I understood it anyway, was uh, it's not they don't take you back to a point and you go forward. It's like you have to walk your way back to the point you want to get to. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Very much so. And you get a lot of that with Neil and the whole end sequence. Like we see Neil yeah. move forward and backward, yeah. like multiple times in that whole end sequence. Because he sees yeah. the guy play, like playing the tripwire, so Correct. he's walking his way back to the truck so he can warn them. Which it, it confused me because it was like he like he was on the blue team. He yeah. starts on the blue Both. team and then he reverses himself and like that's when he saves the protagonist. He, when he saves the protagonist, he's not on the blue team any, anymore. Mm. He's moving forward at that point. And then again later on, he goes back to moving backwards. I fucking I gotta watch it a third time, Jake. I gotta see this a third time. I gotta see this in IMAX now. I gotta. There's see like it. three different iterations of Neil in that whole like final sequence. It's it's fucking crazy. I, I can't wait to see this movie again either. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, yeah. I gotta see this again. I mean, before this leaves theaters, I probably am gonna go see it maybe two more times, <laughs> and I will definitely be <laughs> I will be owning this one. This is just. I don't know. This is an achievement. It's not going to be for everybody. I put an asterisk next to it. It's not going to be for everybody. And, and, and there's going to be a lot of people that are expecting to watch this. This is, this is not Bill and Ted. Okay. So we're not, you're not getting the circuits of time. All right. I mean, this is, this is very kind of like high concept, um, time travel slash inversion slash paradox. I mean, and that, oh God, like, Jake, once I, I can get lost in a, um, and it's not that easy to get me lost, but it, I can get lost in a, in a, in a talk, uh, in a chat, a talk about, uh, paradoxes, you know, like, what if this one thing doesn't happen? Like how do, you know, and it's like, <laughs> it'll totally fuck with me. And that's what, that's what I love about this movie is like the kind of like the, the thoughts that you have afterwards, the discussions that you can have with other people that watch this movie. Like you guys are like bringing things to light that I didn't even think about. And, um, Jake, I need to read some of those articles that you read. You need to send those to me. Yeah, I, I just went on a, a crazy, like, rabbit hole just reading Reddit posts and just different articles from all the different news sites. And, yeah, it, like, I hadn't felt that way since Prometheus where it was just, like, 
feed me more. I was like cookie monster, just trying to shove this information into my mouth, you know? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Oh, I can't wait. I'm, I probably won't get to the theater and see this movie again, but I kind of feel like with the way the world is with movies that this might be out on VOD in like three months. So even less possibly. I've heard the deal in the States is it has to be in the cinema for like 12 weeks or like up until, almost up until Christmas, I think the way that Warner Brothers is having a deal with the cinemas. I don't know what the deal is going to be like here, but, um, yeah, there was like a deal. Like if you've got a certain number of screens, it has to be on for 12 weeks. So you've got lots of, I think you're going to have ample opportunity to watch it. Well, yeah. I'd love to catch this at a drive-in and kind of avoid being in the close theater to see it again. Yeah. Jake, was this your first time back at the theater? No, I saw New Mutants in the theater too. Oh, that's right. That's right. You guys saw New. Oh, that's right. I, I you guys saw New Mutants. That's right. Um, this was my first time back in the theater, and I will say, like, when I go see movies, like I, I do, I get the popcorn, I get my soda, and this was like I think the first time ever that I've gone to watch a movie and I didn't have any of that. Like, yeah. I just I didn't even bother with it, and I think maybe that even kind of distracted me a little bit too. Like, it was kind of hard to like lose myself in the movie just because I was so aware. Number one of like not having my typical like theater refreshments and then with the mask on. And then I was like constantly like, I think I used like a whole bottle of hand sanitizer while I was in there just because <laughs> just being paranoid. And so, um, yeah, so, so I think, um, it was, it, it was odd being back in the theater. It was very odd. Yeah. I, I guess I'm kind of glad I saw new mutants before seeing this because it, I definitely had the same experience there and less so here. And yeah. this would have been a way worse place to be thinking about outside things besides trying to focus on what the fuck is going on in this movie in the first place. Yeah. New, yeah. new Mutants really wasn't a very high brow. In that way. <laughs> new Mutants doesn't, new, it doesn't reward you with second viewing. No, I, I mean, not. I don't feel no, rewarded no, at no. I don't I'd be able to be just creeped out by the whole COVID of it all with New Mutants and, and yeah. not be distracted and forget what was going on in the movie. So it was kind of nice to get the kinks out there. I, yeah. I imagine it might have been a bit of a different experience. Um, seeing this movie first. I, this movie was so crazy, though. I've never in my life experienced where for half the movie, I'm like, this is the worst piece of trite, confusing shit I've ever seen to walking out going, that may be one of my 20 favorite movies of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, as far, I've got to watch it more, but like, as far as like Nolan movies go, I would like, you know, I'm right now, I'm like, kind of like, you know, Prestige and then Memento and then. I don't know. This might be, I might like this more than Memento. So yeah, prestige has always been my number one. Um, but I already like this more, honestly, just after one viewing, like th- this is easily my favorite Nolan movie. I- I've always thought inception was a little bit overrated. I don't hate it by any means, yeah. but it doesn't really do all that much for me. I'm a notorious, ha- like not a hater, but the Batman movies aren't really my thing either. So I, I don't know. Nolan's just never been my jam. Interstellar is up there. It's definitely top third Nolan movie. Fuck Interstellar. I still like, it's just a taste. It, it falls apart at the end for me. It just falls the fuck apart at the end for me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's no contact when it comes to that. What's that? Kay? I said, I never got on with Interstellar either. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same way. I just did- didn't didn't get into it at all. So yeah, I think like it just well, falls apart at the end for me, big time. So I, well, I, I, Brian, you are a big Dunkirk fan, right? Love Dunkirk. I loved Dunkirk. 
Yeah. I, I, um, just, and like he deals with time in that one, you know, cause like as you're watching like what's going on with in land, air and sea, it's all like over different time spans. Like what you're watching in the air is like shorter than what you're seeing on land and what you're seeing at sea is like, it's crazy, but they all kind of like come together. It's, and the whole time, like, you know, like you're hearing, like, aren't you hearing like the ticking from the, the clock from the watch or something? I don't remember. Oh yeah. That shit gave me anxiety. Fuck. Uh, I loved it. I loved Dunkirk. I thought Dunkirk was fucking amazing. Saw that in IMAX and was just blown away. So I think I saw that a couple times in the IMAX, but yeah, I didn't watch Dunkirk till it hit home, but I, I didn't dislike it. it. It was pretty good. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. Interstellar can go fuck right off. <laughs> I, haven't seen, I haven't seen that one. I was actually upset with, and I usually don't get upset with people that love movies. Like if they loved it and they got something out of it, I'm like happy for them. But I was, I was really, cause I love Christopher Nolan movies. For me, it's like an event. Like, and so the people that loved Interstellar, I was just like, how could you like that? I was mad at those people and I shouldn't have been, but I was mad at, I was mad at, I was totally mad at people that liked Interstellar. Oh man. I really appreciate the way Nolan promotes a movie though. That's something I'm a hundred percent behind. I, I love the fact that it just being a Nolan movie is, is enough of a draw that you can just kind of advertise it as the new Christopher Nolan movie and you can get away with not really saying much of the plot or saying much of yeah. what's going on. And I really appreciate that. I, I wish more filmmakers had enough clout that they could just say, Hey, here's my new movie. I'm not even going to fucking tell you anything about it. Just show you, show you a couple cool action sequences. Go see this. Dude. I mean, I mean, once the, once the, the, the title of the movie was released, I mean, all the speculation about like, what the fuck does tenant mean? People are, you know, like you could probably went to Google and it was probably like one of the most searched words on the internet that day when it was released that that was the title. Like Jake, we were we were talking about that on the show, yeah. you know, trying to figure out what is tenant, what is tenant. Yeah, I think really just it being a palindrome. Palindrome is that what, what it is? A palindrome. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really all it is. Like that's the big key from it that's yeah. why they named it that in the first place is because the word itself represents the mission that they're on mm-hmm. and Absolutely. the trailer when they sh- like the, when I, the, the very first trailer number one none of the trailers like at all like you like did and there was no way to know what this movie was about from those trailers like it really was like just some action like scenes and but the first i think the first trailer though when it showed the title though didn't it have it like spin yes Yes. Where it was like, like it was T E like N and then like the E and T were, were were upside down. That was the first motion poster that they released to online. Yeah. 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 I I I fucking love it. Any final thoughts on Tenant before we wrap? Um, that the soundtrack. There's a couple of YouTube clips of the soundtrack being played in reverse, and it could still hold up. <laughs> I feel like the soundtrack may work better in reverse. It almost felt like on purpose it was backwards in mini scenes. I can't wait until this fucking movie is like available so that people can play the fight scenes and the car chase scenes side by side and we can watch them timed up together. Like, you know, yeah. we're going to see that. On t- oh, yeah. I cannot wait to see oh, yeah. the, the fight scenes side by side, both versions and timed up and I, I it's going to be incredible to watch that cuz you know you know that Nolan 
and the people behind this have already done it. They've already watched it. They've already they've already seen them side by side. You know he's done it already. Well, he kind of had to to put this together, you know, to make sure that everything lined up, right? 100%. 100%. And that's why it's going to be incredible for us as viewers to kind of see these like side by sides. As as Yeah. <laughs> this movie yeah. just rewa- if you love this movie, this movie will continue to reward you in in future viewings and then anything that they release online. Like I'm I'm wanting to watch the back uh the uh behind the scenes videos that you've seen, Kay. I got to see those now. Yeah. This movie reminded me of a, um, there's a Weird Al song called Bob. Do you know this song at all? Uh-uh. It's the entire song. It's it's kind of a parody of the Dylan song, uh, Subterranean Homesick Blues. And every line in the song can be spelled forward and backwards. And it's the entire song. And it's just crazy some of the stuff he comes up with. And I couldn't help but think of that song after seeing this movie. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I think, what was what was the palindrome that blew your mind, Jake? In the Word Owl song? No, just in, in, in life. <laughs> I don't know. That, that's a, that's a hard question. For me, it was race car. Oh yeah. Oh, that, that one's crazy, but man, you, you gotta check this Word Owl song out. It's, it's entire sentences that he does. Okay. I will. It's called Bob, of course, which is a palindrome. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, one of them is like Uzi <laughs> Rat in a sanitary zoo. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. And it's it's the whole song lyric after lyric and it, it just blows your mind. I would uh I would tell people to to watch this movie when they're comfortable. I'm not going to tell people to go out there during a pandemic and fucking watch this in the theater. So, just watch it when you're comfortable, but I think everybody needs to at least give it. I would you know what? Fuck it. Everybody, not just one you got to give it two. You got to everybody you got to get two to get the full experience. Some people are going to say that's bullshit. Some people are going to say that's bullshit, but I think some of the best fucking movies that are out there, when they reward you on a second viewing, I think that's some of the best shit. Some people are going to say, oh, it's pretentious. It's bullshit that you got to watch this movie two times or whatever. Some of the best fucking movies that are out there reward you upon second viewing. You see things the second time. Don't act like you've never fucking seen something the second time that you didn't notice the first time and you didn't appreciate that fucking movie. Don't even act like you didn't. But those people are going to say, ah, but I love the movie the first time I watched it. Whatever. Fuck off. Fuck off. Just watch it twice. Just watch it twice. <laughs> and if you don't like it, then then, then you can fuck off. <laughs> yeah, no, no asterisks for me. If you saw this and you didn't like it and you're never going to watch it again, then you suck. And if you liked Interstellar, you <laughs> suck even more. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to I want to thank our guest, June. Thank you so much for the tenant review. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, thank you so much. First time guest, we're going to have you back on. We'll have you back on for a regular episode where you can get into all the shenanigans. Oh, that sounds <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for inviting me. Absolutely. Thank you so much. What? Uh, it, it is 7 o'clock p.m. here. What time is it there in New Zealand? It is um, quarter past 12. And, 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 and the next, it's <laughs> literally the next day there. She's, this is like, yeah, this is like tenant. This is, oh my God, it's, Time travel magic. I know. You're in the yeah, future, I- Kay. <laughs> she she walked in one of she walked in one of those turnstile vestibules, and now she's in the fucking future. Walk, yeah. She's podcasting yeah, backwards. Okay, ex- expose yourself to some really heavy radiation so you can get back at the right time with us. We're not talking to Kay. We're actually talking to Yak right now. 
<laughs> That's her name backwards. Everybody. Oh man, it's appropriate that it's exactly seven seventeen here right now. It is seven seventeen. That's a fucking time palindrome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. All right. Thank you for listening to our tenant review. See ya. Later. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a wall, Brad. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Toss it, Do we love it? Hey, let's mix it, paint, erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture, leftover. Uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftover. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. Have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft of crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushovers. Pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said Leftover Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftover Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carryover, counterculture, pushover, pop culture, leftover. And uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftover. Pretty sure the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture leftovers.